bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. It's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show Talk Radio to Thrive By. You know, I've got a fabulous, fabulous show for you today. You ever wonder why... Life kind of deals you with certain deck of cards and certain uh, hand. You know, you ever wonder why you wake up one day and you say, oh, my goodness, how did I get this situation in my life? Well, do you ever wonder why some people take action with that and go out into the world to help thousands, not even, not even thousands, millions of other people break through whatever it is that's keeping them stuck? And that's the story of my guest today. Because this show is beyond the conversation of uh, having a, a talk radio show that just gets people educated and informed. This show is about uplifting and inspiring each and every one of us to take a look at our lives right now. And I'm serious. Stop and take a look at your life. And ask yourself, am I doing all that I can do? Am I doing what's most important to take a message out into the world, to create positive change? Because that's what my guest is all about. And I'm talking about Gloria Loring. For those of you that are not familiar with who she is, she is an amazing individual, a consummate singer and entertainer. Uh, I could go on and on about the number one uh, recording artist hit song, Friends and Lovers. We could talk about the composer that she is, composer for theme songs for different strokes, facts of life. We could go on to talk about uh, TV's daytime uh, days of our lives, spokesperson for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. Because when you get called to do something, when you're asked to come out and look at what your life is about, what it means to so many people, you get to answer the call. And that's what she's doing. The book, Living with Type 2 Diabetes, Moving Past the Fear, is one of these books that you take a look at and you say, how does someone write something like that? And furthermore, how does someone take that message out into the world? Well, if you look at Gloria Loring's resume and you look at all of the things that she's done and you think to yourself, you know, that's just Gloria, that's not me, I'm asking you to think again because every single one of us has the talent and the gifts to create change. And so I am so deeply honored to have her join the show today because this show is really about educating, informing, and taking action. Gloria, thank you so much for joining the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Well, you have, as, as I was saying during the break, you have had a very busy year. Uh, and I want to start out by asking you a question that I've asked every single person I've interviewed. And it actually came from one of my listeners. It goes like this. Here you are, and I've got pages of your accomplishments in front of me. Given all that you've done, all of the things that you've accomplished, 
what are some of the challenges, what are some of the obstacles that you personally have had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? I think the biggest, one of the biggest elements for me um, was my perspective, and I think it is for all of us. Um, my perspective was colored by my grandmother's mantra, which was, what will the neighbors think? Mm. I was uh, raised uh, in Minnesota, and uh, I, I was actually born in New York City, but I was raised with the, the, the Minnesota sensibilities, and everybody's very, very, everybody in our family, we were taught to be very conscientious, oh, if you do that, or how will it look? Not... What does it really mean? What do you think it means? How, what do you value? But how will it look? Um, and I think for me, the shift from living my life from the outside in to living my life from the inside out has been the most profound one and the most liberating and uh, it's one that I still work on every day. And it makes life uh, much more centered when you, when, when, I, when I know for myself that I'm living the way I want to live. And if someone else doesn't like it, I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> their problem, not mine. <laughs> what a lesson to learn. Uh, you know, imagine a world where everyone could kind of take a look at that and show up as their true, authentic selves. Yeah, and and I mean, you know, uh, we were there was such oh, emphasis on uh, don't be selfish, don't be selfish. Oh, you're what, what was the word? They it conceded. That was that was the word. That was the word. That was the word. And you know, yeah, there. Uh, I mean, there is a certain amount of that. But if you thought well of yours, it was almost if you thought well of yourself, you were conceited. And you know, not to get into the whole self-esteem thing and all of that, but but we don't we don't know how to love and to be in the world fully. I think un- until we value ourselves enough and respect ourselves. And I remember at one point in my life. Um, I had a relationship that had gone on for four years, and, and it ended. And I was in Hawaii because I was there to do some shows. And I went down to the beach, and I floated in a couple of inches of water. And I just I felt very sad, but I also knew it was the right thing. I knew the ending was the right thing to happen. And I thought, what is it he gave me that I'm going to miss? And I realized that, well, I already made money. I, wasn't, I didn't need his support. I didn't need him to father my children. It was after my divorce. Um, uh, you know, I didn't need him for this or for that. Um, and I suddenly realized that the one thing I, I had relied on him for was to treat me with respect. Mm. And mm. I thought, okay, now what I need to do is to embody that quality myself and start to really treat myself with respect, listen to what my needs are, and, and, and extend to myself the same manners and respect that we would like people to extend to everyone. Um, I read a wonderful little piece yesterday, and it just encapsulated what manners are all about, and that is being conscious of adding comfort or dignity to others. Mm. Manners, you know, you come in the house, would you like something to drink? 
or dignity. Um, I, you know, I walked by a homeless man in Beverly Hills, a big hunk of a man, and you know, hasn't showered, and big basket full of stuff, and and I've learned now that I look those people in the eye, and I say good morning, and it usually is pretty surprising. They hardly ever answer me because they're used to being shunned. But I, I make myself do that because I know it's uncomfortable to see someone who is in such a hard place. Um, but that's what manners are. And that's that, that aspect of, of learning. When I learned how to respect myself, then I can, I can better respect and add dignity and comfort to others. So it's just, it's, that's been my journey, I think, is shifting from, from the one of, well, the one aspect of, Living your life, so how does it look? Always worried, always self-centered. Too, too smooth to, to too smooth to fool. You know, you're really just too cool to fool. <laughs> you know, it's. I know exactly what you're talking about. I wonder how I would know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder. <laughs> gotcha, huh? Yeah. yeah, you got me. Well, you know, all of this is part of the journey. But in in looking at this, as we you know, as we have this conversation, Gloria, I mean. Isn't it, isn't it those places where we've had to stop and put our feet solidly on the ground and say, who the heck am I? Aren't those, aren't those the telling moments in our lives? Aren't those moments where we're either going to go in the direction of our greater good or we're going to coil up in a little ball and stay there forever? I think, you know, for me, a turning point, and it's, it's really in, in the book also, um, my diabetes book, is that when my son was diagnosed with diabetes, I was still very much um, in a kind of victim mentality. Oh, please, you know, don't, oh, don't hurt me, don't, you know, oh, I don't, I don't want to challenge people too much, and don't get angry at me, and, you know, what will you think of me? And I was always so worried that somebody would be angry with me. I was raised in a, in a home with alcoholism. And, mm-hmm. You know, you have no, you learn a kind of learned helplessness, and I was a kind of learned, vic- I learned victimhood. Uh, off stage. Now, on stage, I would fight tooth and nail for what I wanted, and you know, <laughs> I wanted to be listened to. That was the place. That was the one place I felt powerful. But off stage, I didn't. And then my son gets diabetes, and I know nothing about it. And one day, he says to me, "Mommy, when will my shots be over?" Oh. And I, I didn't have the heart to say to him, "I don't know." So. Or, or never really was what I, I couldn't say never. So I, I did say I don't know, but I'm working on it. And at that time I wasn't working on it, but we had learned about the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, and we had uh, my, my husband and Alan and I had joined, and had been talking to the people who founded it, and they were talking about finding a cure for diabetes. That was quite radical. You have to remember this was 1979. Right. Only nine years old. They're now. Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation is the largest research foundation for diabetes in the world, other than the U.S. federal government. So, you know, this was a radical thing back then to be saying we're going to find a cure. And um, it prompted me to want to do something that I would never have attempted if it hadn't been for the love of my son. Mm. I had to have a friend of mine says, love something else more. And what I loved more than my learned, somewhat learned helplessness was my son. And so out of that, I began to, 
um, well, I, jo- I joined the cast of Days of Our Lives, and I noticed that people were trading recipes, and I, I'd made this sort of my mental commitment to Brennan that I would do something for diabetes research, that I was working on it. And I decided that maybe I could put together a celebrity cookbook, and I started to ask some people, and I started to gather a little courage. People told me some good ideas, and then there were people that told me, oh, you can't possibly do that because you have to have this amount of money and you have to do it this way. And Don't you love when people come up and tell you you can't do something? You can't do it. Well, I'm, I'll, I'll give you the, there's a, there's a, the first chapter of the book is called Expect a Miracle. And what happened was um, I got this cookbook all together. And what I did was I got a recipe, a photograph, and an autograph, and maybe a little story from each of the people on Days of Our Lives. Now, we had 10 million daily viewers back then, and I figured that, you know, probably some people would want to have this little cookbook. And so I um, had it all ready to go, except I hadn't been able to raise the money I needed to pay for the paper and get it printed. And I needed $40,000 to raise 50000 to, to make 50,000 copies. And that uh, Friday, I went into work at Days of Our Lives, I put my bag with my script and my makeup and whatever on the chair in my dressing room in the morning at 6 o'clock, went in, did my day's work, the end of the day put everything back in the bag, picked the bag up, and suddenly from nowhere there was a business card on the chair underneath my bag. Now, this is true. (laughs) I'm not making this up. (laughs) I picked the bag up. I looked at the card, and I thought, well, what is this? I picked the card up, and it said, expect a miracle. Mm. And I thought, well, this isn't mine. Where did this come from? And I started to throw it into the trash can on my way out the door. And it was as if it wouldn't leave my hand. You oh, know, I know. Something just says to you, don't throw away a card that says expect a miracle. It's got the super glue on your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so I threw it in the bag. I, and that night I caught a plane to Houston to play in the uh, tennis in the Jack Benny Memorial Tennis Classic in Houston for the JDRF, for Diabetes Research. Next day we played tennis. That night there was a celebrity show. I got up, I did my two songs. I came down off stage. There was a man standing at the bottom of the stairs. He said, Gloria, do you remember me? And I said, well, you look familiar. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not sure. He said, well, I'm Ben Rogers from Beaumont, Texas. And I said, Dan, I remember I met you years ago, this and that. We start talking and a little voice in my head says, tell him about the cookbook. And so finally I tell him about the cookbook. And I tell him what I'm doing, and I'm going to try to raise the money for diabetes research. And he said, well, dear, that sounds like a real fine idea. And I said, well, the only problem is I don't have any money to pay for the printing. And he said, well, how much do you need? And I said, I need $40,000. He said, well, hell, I'll give you ten. Mm. He said, come on, let's go out in the lobby. i got some friends here tonight, and this is Texas. <laughs> we go out to the lobby, and by the time I finish, I have seventeen thousand five hundred dollars in my pocket. I leave within four weeks. I had over forty thousand dollars to print the first books. Um, I printed those. We sold out of those. Uh, printed the second fifty thousand copies. Sold out of those. I have actually three copies left of volume two. Two years later, we did volume two, and then I did an album called A Shot in the Dark of songs that I liked. And all of that was done for diabetes research, and it raised over a million dollars. Well, let's hold that thought because we've got so much to talk about during this show. Uh, this story uh, is 
totally inspirational for those of you out there. I'm I'm here with Gloria Loring. We're talking about many many things today, but we're really talking about becoming aware of an epidemic in this country, and something that we all need to be mindful of. The book is Living with Type Two Diabetes: Moving Past the Fear. Uh, when we come back from break, we'll be talking with Gloria about her story about her son's journey, what each of us needs to know, and what you need to know about this epidemic. Where is the hope? And Gloria Loring is all about hope as well as about action. We'll take a very short break when we come back. More with Gloria Loring, her story, and your invitation to join her in this courageous journey. The authority in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Huna is ancient wisdom taught by the Kahunas in Hawaii. Ancient wisdom, modern application. Huna is about empowerment, about increasing your spirituality, energy, and metaphysical healing power. If you could experience and connect physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually with a higher power, that can empower you to bring into your life whatever you desire. Join the kahunas that carry the teachings of the past at our 33rd Huna Workshop in Kona, Hawaii, September the 9th through the 17th. Call 800-800-MIND or visit huna.com. Mention the Dr. Pat Show and receive a special discount, the Empowerment Partnership. Whatever you think you are, you're more than that. The Sacred Romance is a new CD produced by Ava and Dennis. This music is straight from the heart and celebrates the light within us all. This music provides a welcome haven for the soul in these troubling times. To receive the CD or see Ava and Dennis live, visit www.thesacredromance.com or call them at 888 62 Dream. I'm Dr. Pat Fasoli, the host of The Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Let me help you take your empowering message to a community of people looking for products and services that value all life on earth and tap into the one true freedom we have, the freedom to choose. Let our listeners choose you. Join the buzz and be the buzz. Sponsor the Dr. Pat Show. Call me at 206-523-5522. That's 206-523-5522. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-472. 5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Uh, let me just mention that in addition to calling in, you can send an email to me throughout the show and to Gloria to ask questions or your comments at pat, P-A-T, at the com. That's pat at the, T-H-E, D-R, patshow.com, and we will get your questions on the air. I'm here with Gloria Loring, considered one of the most innovative public speakers in the market today. And the reason that she is, um, her phenomenal experience in the media is one aspect of it. But you know what? You cannot put anything past her passion. 
And when you step up and you're talking about something that you're absolutely passionate about and committed to, you cannot show up as anything but inspiring. And that's what she does. She's also been honored with the Lifetime Commitment Award from JDRF and received the 1999 Women of Achievement Award from the Miss America organization, an honor she shares with past recipients. And uh, Barbara Bush, uh, Rosalind Carter, uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton. What I want to say about Gloria is that you can read about all of her many accomplishments. You can, you can look at her musical achievements. You could look at her acting achievements. One of the things that we're focusing on today is her passion and commitment to shine the light on type 2 diabetes and what we can do about it. Gloria, thank you for joining the show today. My pleasure. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about the epidemic because there are people that don't really know about this, and they have all sorts of ideas about diabetes, what it is, and they lump everything into one category. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. These days, if you ask the general person on the street, what is diabetes, they'll say, oh, that's from people eating too much sugar. So let's just shine a light on this and let everyone know exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about type 2 diabetes. Well, um, it's it's not just from sugar, certainly, but that is that is a, a problem. But what what is a bigger problem in in our country right now is the fact that we are overfed and undernourished, mm. and we are eating um, dense amounts of calories with very little good nutrition in it. And what I, I have a theory, and I, I maybe someone's proved it out somewhere, but the body is is wants to survive, and it wants to get what it needs. Um, if you've ever seen a baby eat, and there are many studies about the way little little babies eat. If you put um, bowls of food once they're able to feed themselves, you know, like eight, ten, twelve months, they will pick up food, and they might eat only one food at a meal. But studies have shown that over a period of a week or 10 days, they eat a perfectly balanced diet. Although one, one time they may just pick up a little salt and put it in their mouth and some pineapple. And you say, what in the world are they doing? <laughs> and yet, over what they, they know what they need. Now that's if you give them healthy foods in front of them. If you train their palate to want excessively sugary or salty foods, or et cetera, et cetera, Foods that are not healthy for them, they're going to—they're not going to be able to make good choices. Well, what's happened in our country is our children and adults are eating supersized fast foods that are very high in calories and very low in nutrition. And my theory is that when we eat, you know, these fifteen hundred calorie meals, which for some of us is as much as we should have in the whole day but we don't have enough good nutrition in that meal. The body says, okay, I know you gave me calories, but I'm still hungry for the, for the nutrition I need. So we wind up being hungry again. Now, that's just my theory, and it may not be, be right. But the problem right now is that there is an epidemic of overweight in this country, and that's not to judge people who have more than they should. You know, I got 12 pounds on me I would like to lose, and I'm working on it. Um, you know, it's very easy to gain weight. Food is so abundant in this, in this country. Um, but the problem is that once it gets to the state of 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 pounds overweight, 
the fat itself is a hormone-producing organ that produces hormones that interfere with your metabolism. It interferes with the action of insulin in the body. And when insulin, when you don't have enough insulin, you get blood, you get sugar in your blood above a certain level. We call it high blood sugar. The high blood sugar combines with proteins and forms a kind of superglue over time that gums up the capillaries, the little blood vessels. So diabetes is actually a disease that affects the entire circulatory system. It affects the capillaries in the eyes. It affects the little tiny blood vessels in the feet, in the legs. That's why diabetes is the cause, the leading cause of new blindness and gangrene and amputation. It affects the kidneys. It affects the heart, um, heart attack and stroke. It gums up the works. And a lot of people find that when they lose the weight, that the diabetes symptoms, which is higher than normal blood sugar, disappear because the fat is not producing that that um, hormone that interrupts the action of insulin. So here we go again, same old, you know, it's the same old song, guys. Proper food, appropriate foods in appropriate quantities. I don't even want to say the word diet. Appropriate foods, healthy foods in healthy quantities. A lot of people find when they start to eat a nice big salad before their meal with a very light little bit of dressing, you know, to fill up on vegetables, lots of fruits, lots of healthy stuff, um, that they're not as hungry. They get by with less uh, foods with a lot of fiber, again, feeding the body nutrition. And then they use the body as it was meant to be used. We get up. We have a walk after dinner with the family. It's a great time to talk. Um, we have a family dance night when we push the sofa, the chairs back, put on some music, and everybody, we have a little dance contest at home. Or That's called shake your booty. We call shake, that the shake your booty moment. Shake your booty moment. You know, things that get us moving because we will, we will suffer the consequences if we don't start to take care of ourselves. Now, a, a huge part of this epidemic, uh, the, the part that is so scary for healthcare people and people like myself, is the children we are seeing who are severely overweight. You might think, okay, well, oh, no, they're just kind of, they're just kind of round and, you know. Aren't they cute, though? Are, are they cute? Well, aren't they cute? They're, they're, all children are cute. I mean, they're wonderful. Yeah, but are that's what we say. Aren't they cute? They're just a little chunky. Aren't they cute? But what is happening when a child, number one, trains his palate or her palate to eat too much, stretches their stomach, they're also, children have a lot of growth hormone in their body. And what is happening from what the, what the research I've read is that as you feed them too many calories, they are the growth hormone, which is very active in, in young bodies, is producing fat cells that are going to be there for the rest of their life. And they will now struggle with obesity for the rest of their life. You're creating a lifelong struggle and condition that will shorten their life, that will um, hurt their health, that may kill them very early. Uh, there was a, a show on the air for a little while called Honey, You Were Killing the Kids. And 
although it was a little stiff in some of its ways and a little rigid, um, it, it wasn't quite as compassionate <laughs> as I would have liked it to, you know, because it was like, you know, food boot camp. It was, ugh, it was a little scary. But it was the other end of the spectrum. It was the other end. <laughs> it was, you know what I'm saying? It's like somehow we have to learn, you know, in this country to get in the middle. Well, reasonableness, reasonableness. My sister has a, um, a very good pattern that she has with the kids. They, there are no sodas in the house. When they go out, um, if there isn't fresh juice that's appropriate for them, they're allowed one Sprite. That's one Sprite a day because it's not the dark colas and it doesn't have the caffeine. Um, they, there's, there's a, a certain amount of, you know, there's like one trip to McDonald's uh, a week. Um, and the other thing is she has what she calls tea days, which I love. I don't know mm. where she got this concept, but they only watch television on a day with a tea in it, and that's Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Wow, uh, that's brilliant. It's such a great, oh, those are the tea days. And they just know, oh, those are the tea days. Oh, uh, honey, it's Wednesday. Oh, I'm sorry, Mom. Boom, television goes off. And what happens is they know that there's a time for television, and there's a time to be active and be doing other things. Now, what's interesting is there is a direct correlation between, and studies have shown this, between how much television and how many video, how many hours of video games a child does, is engaged in, does, is engaged in per day and the amount of overweight that they see. There's wow. a direct correlation. The more television a child watch, watches, the more likely they will be obese and have health problems. And is there any greater gift that we can give our children than their health? There, there is not, and you know that's what we're going to talk about. There's absolutely not, and the the, the degree to which this has taken over uh, our children's lives in this country is is really staggering. Let's take a short break, Gloria, and when we return, we're going to talk more about the book more about what action each of us can take. Gloria Loring is my very special guest today. To find out more about who she is and the work she's doing, very simple, www.glorialoring.com, L-O-R-I-N-G.com. And we'll be right back after this short break. We're talking about living with type 2 diabetes, moving past the fear. She is a number one advocate for helping us get educated, informed, and take action. The ball is in your court. We'll be right back after this short break. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. NCD, a new oral detoxification product that reduces the effects of environmental toxicity and can help millions across the globe. Natural Cellular Defense is an effective oral detoxifier, a tool in the fight against toxicity. Join our Copious Health team to raise awareness about environmental toxicity and this safe new product. Go to copioushealth.com or call 206-423-6596. That's 206 206- Four two three six five nine six copioushealth.com. Okay, everyone, listen up. Dr. Pat brings you her favorite organic wines from the Organic Wine Company, direct to you for this limited time special offer. 
Would you like to enjoy the luscious taste of natural grapes grown with love for the land and tantalizing your taste buds at the same time? Well, Dr. Pat has selected three of her favorite wines for only $49, a 40% savings. Visit www.thedrpatshow.com and click on Dr. Pat's Picks for this special offer. Or you can call 1-888-326-9463. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to discover what's preventing you or your business from obtaining your goals, dreams, and vision. The Inquiring Mind is your partner. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. as Stephanie Durham, professional life coach, presents ACEs. Authenticity, choices, empowerment, and success. Spanning 25 years of successful business tenure, in addition to over four years of training with Caroline Mace at the CMED Institute, Stephanie's authenticity and vast knowledge helps you objectively explore wise choices with her finely attuned facilitator skills, leading you to personal empowerment and ultimate success. Do you know you have power to create what you want in your life and in business? You do. This message will self-absorb in five seconds. information, call us toll-free at 1-866-461-6463. Time Magazine says NLP has untapped potential for treating individual problems and is becoming an all-purpose self-improvement program and technology. Come experience NLP for yourself at the Empowerment Partnerships Accelerated NLP Practitioner Training in Seattle, Washington, October 8th through the 14th. Since 1982, the Empowerment Partnership has taught thousands of people like you create critical transformations in areas that count most, relationships, health, wealth, and state of mind. If you want to increase your creative energy, get control of your life, and enjoy new levels of existence, call 1-800-800-MIND. That's 1-800-800-MIND. Or go to NLP.com. That's NLP.com. Mention the Dr. Pat Show when you call to receive a special discount. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program, here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. And uh, I want to thank you all for listening to the show and for making this show uh, a favorite for so many people. I want to thank you so much for that. If you want to find out more about our lineup, we're on air about 11 hours of live radio a week uh, in addition to some encore presentations. It's very easy to do. Go to www.thedrpatshow.com, T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com, and pretty soon you're going to see a number of different ways for you to participate in creating topics for the show as well as voting for our inspirational person of the month. So we've got a lot going on. Today we have Gloria Loring here with us, and it is really a pleasure to have her here knowing all that she has done, knowing that she has a resume that is pages and pages long of who she is, what she's done, the, the folks that she has, has sung uh, next to. She has nine albums to her credit. She's performed on concert halls in North America and Australia. She has been on television. She has been an author of an amazing book, and now she's on a journey to educate and inform each and every one of us of what it means living with type 2 diabetes, moving past the fear. 
Gloria, thank you so much for joining the show today. My pleasure, yes. Let's take a look at the second part of this uh, book title here, if we just if we dare. Okay, sure. <laughs> you know, uh, living with type 2 diabetes, people look at that moving past the fear, and it's like fear of what? And the fear is huge, isn't it? It is. It's, it's very big. Um, for some people, for, for us, it was certainly, um, well, first of all, you know, injecting insulin into our son. Now, not everybody with diabetes has to inject insulin, although 40% of people with type 2 diabetes do wind up on insulin injections because their pancreas just wears out. But it might be, um, I, I can't, oh, I can't, I can't inject. I, I just, oh, okay. And then you learn to do, you say, I can't, and you learn to. And for me, of course, the fear was, oh, my God, I'm going to do something wrong and my son's going to die. Mm. Because insulin, you know, too much of it could kill somebody. Um, Klaus von Bülow, I think, right? And uh, that movie about him inject, supposedly injecting his wife with insulin and putting her into a coma. Um, so you're so afraid. And then there are people who say, well, I, I'm afraid because I, I, I just I don't know how to do all of this. It's just too much for me to learn. So I'll just take my pills, and I, that's all I can do. I, it's just too much. And, and they stop there, um, or they do a little bit. And yet, see, the reason that I have such passion about this is over the years, and even though my son has had diabetes for 27 years, and he's had type 1, and people have said, why did you write a book about type 2? And I wrote it with Dr. Timothy Gray because it's something that both Tim and I have seen, and that's people with diabetes are not getting good enough care. And they're not being encouraged to take control of their diabetes in the sense of taking responsibility for it. They're saying, oh, well, my doctor gives me pills. I sort of have a diabetes. Well, that's like being sort of pregnant. You're either your blood sugar is higher than normal and you have diabetes, or, or you're not there yet, and, but there are things you can do to prevent yourself from getting there. And the thing that I have seen over the years, now 27 years of being a spokesperson, I have spoken to people who have lost their legs, who have lost their eyesight, and they've said to me, please, please make people understand that it didn't have to happen to me. I just didn't want to pay attention. Mm. I didn't want to believe it. Or they say to me, nobody ever told me this could happen. I thought I could just get by with sort of taking care of my diabetes. I didn't understand. And so my mission is, you know, it's a twofold mission. On the one hand, it's, guys, diabetes can really harm you. But that, I don't want that to be a source of the kind of blinding fear that you just say, then, you know, if I'm going to die, then I'm just going to go out and eat everything I want and live the way I want. No, 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 no. Because the good news is, if you take good care of yourself and respect, have good manners with your body, respect it, provide it comfort and the dignity of good nutrition, exercise, proper care, you can live a long life with diabetes. Um, I have a friend who is uh, who has had diabetes now for 41 years. She has no complications. I have another friend who's had it for 36 years, no complications. There are two men who are brothers who got diabetes in the 20s, just after insulin was discovered. They have no complications. 72, 73 years they've had diabetes. And they have paid meticulous attention 
to their diabetes care all these years. And when you look at the long, the long, long throw, as my girlfriend likes to say, in other words, through the years, where do you want to be if you have diabetes? Where do you want to see yourself 20, 25 years from now? Do you want to be up and active with your grandchildren, with maybe if you're a young person listening to this, you know, a teenager and you've just been diagnosed with diabetes, do you want to see your children growing up, see them graduate from high school, college, see them have families of their own? That can be done. And it starts one step at a time every day, having a vision in your mind, committing yourself to a vision of yourself healthy and knowing that the little steps you take every day contribute to that picture. There is no reason that complications have to take you down with diabetes. Mm. You can make the choice. Isn't this rewriting the script? I mean, to use that metaphor, isn't this really the power to know that you can rewrite the script of your life, that this does not have to be the sentence that so many people think it is? Let me tell you, 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 that's such a great point you just made. I love that. And let me tell you how we have rewritten the script. When Brennan was diagnosed in 1979, I read a statistic that existed at that time that 50% of children diagnosed with diabetes were dead within 25 years from complications. Yeah. My it is. It, it 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 was viewed as a death sentence. Yes, it was. Yeah. In fact, my friend who's had it for sixty some sixty one years now, um, he was when he was diagnosed at six, he was told he'd live to be ten. When he reached ten, they said, "Okay, you'll be lucky. You probably will only make it to 20. And remember, that's a long time—sixty years. Um, but we've rewritten that script for Brennan because along the way. The methods of taking care of him have improved. When he was diagnosed, there wasn't home blood monitoring, blood glucose monitoring. You couldn't test your blood sugar at home. You couldn't get that instant feedback to know where you were and what you needed to do at that time. Now along the way, we got that tool. Then the the tool of the hemoglobin A1C. And for anybody out there listening who has diabetes, The hemoglobin A1C is the most important piece of information that you can have about your diabetes control. And if you don't know what it is or what it should be, and if your doctor doesn't share that information and has not explained that, you are not getting good enough care. Now, don't go back and berate your doctor. (laughs) Get, Get a good book like my new book, Living with Type 2 Diabetes, Moving Past the Fear. It's on Amazon.com. Read, if you do nothing else, read about the hemoglobin A1C. Know what your test is, because once you bring that test down below a 7, 7.0, or down into the 6 range, 6.2, 6.5, 6.8, whatever, you are going to cut your chance of getting diabetes complications like blindness, amputation, kidney failure, heart attack and stroke, you're going to cut your chances of that by up to 70%. Okay, that is information that everyone that's listening to this show can benefit from. I mean, this this show is really a show about information, but more importantly about action. We're going to take a short break, but I would invite each and every one of you 
that is listening to this show, and all you need to do is look around. When you go forth in this Thanksgiving and you look around and you see what's in front of you and you see the behaviors that you have, this is not a place of guilt and shame. This is a place of education and awareness. And when we come back, more with Gloria Loring, we're going to talk about where we go from here. The book is phenomenal. The chapters, all you have to do is go to Amazon. Just take a look at what she is presenting in this book. There is something here for everyone. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be back with Gloria Loring. The book is Living with Type 2 Diabetes, Moving Past the Fear. This is a call to action. I'm Dr. Pat Basile. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay tuned, everyone. More to come. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Occasional digestion got you down? After meals, do you feel bloated, heavy, tummy hurt? Does occasional heartburn and indigestion or a just plain tired feeling take the energy out of your day? Vital digestive enzymes are needed to properly digest food and E12 provides them all. Customers often report a dramatic life improvement. Call now, 1-866-NO-BLOAT. That's right, 1-866-NO-BLOAT and discover E12 food enzymes, the digestive secret thousands have benefited from. HUNA is for everyone, any race, religion, gender, and age. Anyone that wants to know more about who we are, why we're here, and how the universe works. A wide and varied range of people with different backgrounds are drawn to HUNA and attend the biannual HUNA workshop. Healthcare professionals, therapists, lawyers, managers, educators, professional athletes, college students, and people just like you. If you're interested in a more spiritual view of the world, if you want to connect more with who you are and discover a whole new universe around you, then HUNA is for you. Call 800-800-MIND or go to HUNA.com and learn about the September 9th through the 17th HUNA event in Kona, Hawaii. Mention the Dr. Pat Show and receive a special discount. Would you like one of the most rewarding sales jobs of your life? The Dr. Pat Show has rapidly grown into the number one radio show to thrive by. The Dr. Pat Show is hailed for its remarkable guests, sponsors with integrity, and amazing listeners. Dr. Pat is in search of a creative, self-starting, energetic person to join the marketing team. If you're interested in helping promote and sustain the Dr. Pat Show, please submit your resume to pat at the drpatshow.com. Again, that's pat at the drpatshow.com. This is your opportunity to make a difference in your community and the world. Are you aware of the invisible forces behind your behaviors? The Empowerment Partnership is, and they'd like to make them visible to you. One of the largest NLP training organizations in the world, says Dun & Bradstreet. The Empowerment Partnership is the industry gold standard in trainings for NLP hypnosis, and the ancient Hawaiian spiritual system of HUNA. Their students come from a wide-ranging background, business, education, psychology, and spirituality. Their mission is to empower you with an understanding of what makes you and others tick and to teach you the tools and techniques that will unlock your hidden gifts. The Empowerment Partnership. Whatever you think you are, you're more than that. Call 800-800-MIND or visit nlp.com 
and mention the Dr. Pat Show to receive a special discount. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. If you have a question or comment, Call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, a fabulous conversation with an incredible woman. And what I want to say about Gloria Loring is that each and every one of us get called to an action in our life. At least one time, we get called to step up to the plate and make a decision around what we're going to do in this lifetime. Is it going to be a thumbs up for the greater good, or is it going to be a thumbs down? And when you take that step forward, given that you are already phenomenally successful in every aspect of your life, and decide that you are called to something greater than yourself, when you step forward, you step forward with a passion, the enthusiasm, and the action that Gloria Loring has taken. The book that we're talking about today is Living with Type 2 Diabetes, Moving Past the Fear. If you want to find out more about this book or just doggone it, get right out there and get a copy of it, you can go to Amazon. It is there. To find out more about Gloria and what she's doing, and her passions, you can go to GloriaLoring.com and find out about that. But there is a chapter in the book that when you take a look at it, you will understand what this is about. And one of the chapters I'm referring to is called Teach the Children Well. And this is the basis for so many things, Gloria, that are happening right now in our country about our children. You know, we talk about leaving no child behind. But what are we doing in terms of ensuring that these children, our children, are educated, informed, and aware of what it means to be healthy? Yeah, it's a huge issue. And fortunately, we're starting to see some shift in the schools, again, because of the severity and and great scariness. I mean, it's really scary when you see children who are just so unhealthy. Mm. And unhealthy because they're eating, again, they're eating too many calories with not enough nutrition. And, uh, you know, this whole idea that ketchup is a vegetable, you know, it's a leftover. (laughs) From another time and place. Um, That's that's a funny one, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, Anyway, uh, there's nothing more important that we can do, I think, then give our children a basis for health. And that health extends to their body, you know, first of all, because it's very hard to feel good emotionally and intellectually if you don't feel good physically. We know that children who don't get breakfast don't do well in their morning classes. Um, But we want to uh, encourage their health on all levels. And what is health? Health, we feel, um, is, is about balance, certainly. It's about good energy, and we get good energy, good quality energy from good quality food, from good quality emotional input, from good quality intellectual input. I mean, what is it we're filling our children with? I think it comes down to that. What kind of, I'm, I'm appalled by the kinds of stimulation that kids are receiving with some of these, the video games, the television shows. I go, you know, and I'm, I'm not a prude or anything else. 
you know, the sexual stuff doesn't bother me as much as the violence does. Oh, it's horrific. The, the images of violence that we are allowing our children to absorb, um, you know, ancient wisdom, the perennial philosophies uh, talk about, and all the great religions talk about, be careful who you keep company with. And, you know, certainly as a child, it was, you know, your parents, there was somebody your parents didn't approve. Well, they don't come from a very good family. And blah, blah, blah. I, I don't want you going out with so-and-so. And what happens, though, is sometimes as we get to be adults, we forget to parent ourselves. We forget to monitor. What am I feeding myself? Um, we hear so much about uh, people in this country having sleeplessness at night. And yet I wonder, and this is not to poke a finger in one direction, but are they watching shows like CSI? and filling themselves with those horrific um, uh, images of brutality, and then we're supposed to relax and go to sleep, and you know, put on top of that perhaps a, a stressful, intense day of uh, work and driving and running the kids around and all of that, and then we sit down and watch television, it's supposed to be relaxing, and yet it's filled with these horrific images. And we know that images have power. We know that the energy of certain kinds of images has enormous power. There have been studies done where people watched um, a, a video or a film of Mother Teresa students, and then they measured their immune systems and their heart rate, and for hours afterwards their immune systems were uh, up, encouraged, you know, doing all the good things that the immune systems should do, and when they watched kinds of uh, violent films, etc., their immune systems were stressed and were depleted. So not just the food we're putting into our system, but what are we putting into our system as far as all of the input, the visual input, the music. There's certain kinds of music that are very beneficial, and it includes swing and country, and we know that. And then there are some kinds of music that are very, very negative and very detrimental um, and what kind of I know it's tough with your kids, but you can help your kids make certain kinds of choices. Yes, you know this is not a myth. It used to be, Gloria. What you're talking about is so important for those of you just tuning in. I'm here with Gloria Loring, and we're talking about many things, but we're talking about the choices that we make right now for uh, regarding our children. You know, it used to be, Gloria, that uh, we we would look at TV. We didn't really have any any studies, any information. And then we we have this now breakthrough in quantum physics and we have this breakthrough, as they would say, in energy psychology and authors and movies like What the Belief coming out saying, you know, there is something to what we think. There is something to what we see. And, you know, putting violent music, you know, to to the energy of what goes into what a snowflake looks like and watching things transform. Oh, yes. Yeah, this is not water. a Exactly. This is not a myth anymore. This words, is the real deal. Words have power. Thoughts have power. We know that how you think will be part of the outcome that you get. And I love what Henry Ford said. Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. <laughs> and it is, there's a wonderful website called TUT, T-U-T, um, Totally Unique Thoughts, and there's a fellow named Mike Dooley, and he's the one, there's a movie out right now that I don't know about you, but is growing, it's viral marketing. Almost everyone I speak to has heard about it. In fact, Larry King had a sh- uh, one or two shows on it this, in the last couple The of Secret. The Secret. Yeah, I've, and, yeah, I've interviewed most of those folks. And you're, you're, 
They're fabulous. And yeah. Telling us, in a sense, what we already know. Now, if, if, and just so, so all of you out there know, the secret is there is a law of attraction. And what you think about thoughts have power to become things. Now, when you, when you go back to my story at the beginning of this hour about expect a miracle, what happened? I formulated a clear vision of a celebrity cookbook to raise money for diabetes research. If I hadn't formulated that idea, kept it in view as a vision, and worked toward its success, it never would have come into being. But because I had the vision, I believed in it, and I worked for over a year, by the way. I, ten months in, I still had no money. I didn't tell all the aspects. And people were saying, oh, well, you know, what's happening? And I didn't want to say it's not going to happen. But I kept, I was persistent. I kept the vision in front of me. And it became a reality. And it became a big reality. So the, the secret is what you think about is what you become. And it's in the Bible. It's in all the great, great works of literature. Shakespeare said it, as a man thinketh, so he becomes, or something like that. There's not a thing but thinking makes it so. I mean, there it is. It comes at us again and again and again, down through the ages. Um, and, and if we just start to understand and become aware of what we're actually thinking. I started to become, I've been doing this now for about 17 years, and I have a awareness practice in the morning where I sit down and I actually sort of listen to my mind. Mm-hmm. It's called a meditation practice. I do some breathing, and I watch where my mind is going. And what I, I remember years ago when I first started this, I thought I was a very positive person because I was always you know, looking for the good and being cheerful and trying <laughs> to do good things for people. And I sat down one morning, and it was a perfect morning. The sun was coming up. The birds were singing. And I sat there, and I did my little breathing. And I, okay, I'm just going to relax, rest my eyes, rest my mind, sit in a nice upright position. And I, my mind started to scan my life. Everything was great. The bills were paid. My husband was happy with me. Everything was fine. I scanned my life until I found the one thing that was unresolved. And was difficult. And I started to wrestle it to the floor. Well, how could she do this or that? And I realized suddenly I had a negative mind. Well, thank you, Gloria Loring. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to thank everybody for listening. And as Gloria just said, you can create your own miracle. Don't wait for it to show up. Take her lead. The book is Living with Type 2 Diabetes, Moving Past the Fear. Gloria Loring. You rock. Thank you so much for joining us today. You go out and make yourselves a great day, and we'll see you next week right here on voiceamerica.com. I tried, I tried.